Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. We're in. Welcome back, team. Podcast number 20. Three, is it? Mm. Yeah, twenty-three 20. weeks we've been going. Twenty-three. That's mad. That's um, nearly half a year. We've already been doing this for nearly six months. I'm not going to lie. You know when, like, you because we we've been talking about this for eight. Like prior to actually doing it, like we 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 spoke a good game. Like we kept saying that we're going to do a podcast. We how cool would it be to do one? And I um. In the previous business venture that I was in, in the gym, we did, we did, we basically started a podcast and it was exactly the same, but it was the flakiest thing in the world. So I think my like expectations of like the podcast is like, oh, we're going to be really flaky, mm. but we have been, this is probably the most consistent thing you and I have ever done. Yeah. We've just stuck to, the thing is we haven't over, again, mate, we haven't overcomplicated it. Like someone asked me the other day about like the, they were like, your podcast sounds so quality. We were like, right, we're going to do a nutrition podcast. We're going to talk about topics that we know that you guys want to listen to. We're going to buy ourselves some decent microphones so the quality's good. And we're going to get an editor to edit, edit it because sound quality is important for a podcast because it's all about it. Let's go. And all we've done yeah. every week is be like, cool, turn up at this time. We have a 10-minute discussion prior. What do you want to talk about today? What's come up in the world of our academy? You know, is anyone struggling with anything and how have we overcome it? Let's give you guys a little insight into how you can progress with your weight loss goals as well and just change some lives in the process, you know? And here we are. And but firstly, are. the most, and most importantly, it's coming home. It is. Uh, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you can see that I'm sporting the England badge. Uh, I didn't wear this yesterday because obviously you went to football training and then stayed and watched it. And I was like, I'm not going to play in this. You know, this is, this is a piece of, piece of history right now. I'm going to get this framed after. Um, I was an absolute mess yesterday because I, so I changed and I was like, oh, it's a bad omen. Like what's going to happen now? I'm wearing the white one. I haven't, I haven't worn the white one yet. So it. now I'm in a right conundrum like of, well, what do I wear? Both. What, which, which, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got Literally. Wear one so. white for the first half, red for the second half. Done. Yeah. I'm, but I, then part of me is like, okay, the red one, no, you, there was no goals conceded. So the mm. white one, you've ha you've won, but you've got the goal conceded. So I think I'm going to go red. Oh man, what a what a what an event! What a success it's been. Say what? One more. What a what a what a. What a. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any Italian people listening to this, it's game on. Have you seen any of the memes that are going game around? On. Oh mate, I've oh, seen yeah, like, so many. No one buy any pasta. It's war. It's yeah. like, don't, don't you dare buy a Dalmio for, for the next five days. <laughs> it's on. Uh, I like, yeah, they are. There's so many good ones. I love the one. Did you see of the Denmark goalie yesterday, uh, the other day? He said that, oh, has it ever um, come home? Yeah, has it ever come home? And he was like, well, yeah, in 66, he was like, that was a World Cup. And now you're like, unlucky, Tucky. There's like, <laughs> I've seen loads of memes on that now. 
Um, anyway, what we have in store for you today is um, the, the kind of the main thing we're going to be talking about is the five reasons to why you are potentially struggling to see long-term fat loss results. Now, it's when you, if you type this in, if you type like that headline in Google and stuff, you're going to see pretty much like the five main bullet points come as right. You don't want it bad enough. Your motivation isn't there. Like you're tracking your calories wrong or you're just not tracking your calories. Mm -hmm. The other one's going to be, you're not exercising enough. You're not burning enough calories. Like all of the really obvious things that people then talk about. But through years and years and years and years of experiencing um, well, with working with clients and what we see, like we're really going to dive deeper into like some of the main components where we see people struggle with that long-term success. And a lot of what we talk about, like you can like, don't get me wrong, like there's still an element of success, um, mm -hmm. yeah, even yeah. if you don't use these points, but like we're talking about actual, what everyone really wants is like, Losing five or 10 pounds is, is cool, but what's cooler is keeping it off for the rest of your life and not being able to feel guilty for eating your favorite foods and all of these stuff. So this is kind of what we want to set you up with. So the topic is the five reasons that we see why you are struggling to, you know, see that long-term fat loss Success. results that you seek. So should we just dive in? Should we get straight into it? Yeah, man, let's jump in off the top. No board. messing around. Well, the first one, I'm going to get you to listen to last week's podcast. <laughs> but I am essentially talking about the same thing. And I'm bringing this back up again because it I, I cannot explain to you how important it is. So if you didn't hear last week's podcast, um, we basically spoke about the fat loss dial system that um, I am going to give to Ryan Smith for, I'd say, coin it, really. I don't know. I didn't hear it personally anywhere else. So take it, mate. Thanks, um, mate. I'll take it. I'll run with it. We're going to say reason one being you are either on or off plan. And this comes a lot around your narrative and your association with what on and off plan is. Mm -hmm. But there is hundreds and hundreds of clients that I have worked with where they have had this shift of stopping thinking about being like on and off plan to actually always being on plan, but just you know, some days you're more aggressive with your plan and other days that you're not. It really is the difference between that long-term success. And for me personally, like I see it as the main reason to why someone will get off that constant dieting loop where you start a diet, you restrict, you then crave, you give in and you feel guilty and you repeat that cycle and over and over again, mm -hmm. because that does come into the on and off plan. So for me personally, if you can really you know, change your mindset. And like I said, if you want a bit more information about that, like we did a full podcast podcast on it last week about, you know, the on and off system, like the dial. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, that's, that's one of the most common things that I see. I don't know if you. Yeah, mate, massively, because it's, it's all about like adherence. If you're on or off track, it usually, it then produces this, this perfection ideology of that, like when you're on track, you're perfect, like nothing gets in your way. And as soon as something, there's a little bump in the road, that's it. I always give the analogy of like, if you were on a, you know, you're going on a cruise ship from the UK to America, for example, and another boat gets in your way and you have to go around them, you go around them and it might take you a little bit longer. You don't think, ah, oh, man, that's it. They're in our line of path. We're going to take a half hour detour. We're going to turn the boat around, go back to port and wait till we can start again. 
because that's inherently what you're doing. You are literally taking all your progress. You're like, no, nope, we're just going to go back to the beginning because it needs to be this. You know, we're either on it or we're off it. But the whole time you understand that, like, it's just it's a journey. Like, you're going to have to slow down. There's going to be bad weather. There might even be an iceberg. Rest in peace, Titanic. Um, along the way that you might hit, but it's absolutely fine. Like, you can still keep moving forward unless your ship gets sunk. But you get what I mean. Like, you've, you've got to kind of, like, switch it and just realise that, Actually, it just comes down to priorities. Sometimes weight loss is top of the priorities. Sometimes you turn that dial down because family things have to um, take precedence over your weight loss endeavors at times. Yeah, and I, I honestly can't stress enough. Like, if you if you are like listening to this and you're thinking about, okay, like, I get what they're saying, but like, if you truly don't implement it, it's like it honestly is the difference. It was the it's when we bring it to like actual food as well. Like this was the game changing moment for myself and like so many of our clients is when you stop to actually think because we've all because of mainstream media and all of these things, we have these associations, which which is bad, which you associate with being off plan. Right. You eat crisps, you have chocolate, you go out for a meal with your friends and family, you have alcohol. You all associate that with being off plan because you're associating them with being bad foods. But as soon as you stop actually thinking like that, like. There's so much science behind it to like you're you are far more likely to eat a quote unquote bad food, which then makes you feel like you're off plan. And you're more likely to then act and think in a way of being like, oh, well, I've eaten this food now. I'll just start again on Monday because I'm off plan. Mm. Whereas if you stop thinking like that and you stop thinking that of this on off, that this good, bad, like it completely changes it because you're then having those realization like, do you know what? Like, I can have this food. Like, that's absolutely fine. Mm. Yeah. Think about it as like conduciveness to your goals. Like going out and, you know, nailing a whole two and a half thousand calorie dominoes. That's not off track. It's just not as conducive to your goals as nailing a 500 calorie plate of tuna pasta, for example. Yes, it's not an on or off track thing. Like you can perfectly well get, nail a whole two and a half thousand calorie dominoes. It's just not as conducive to your goals as that tuna pasta is. But... All it means, and this is how you want to think about it, is like, okay, cool, that wasn't as conducive to my goals. It then gives you a reason that the next step that you take when it comes to your meals or your nutrition, you're like, okay, well, that wasn't as conducive. So tomorrow I want to make sure that I have more conducive um, decisions in my day to make up for my uh, not as conducive decision yesterday. That's all. It's like, all I got to do is be like, cool, the next meal I'm going to make sure is, a conducive, to, is conducive to my goals because the one that I made last night wasn't as conducive. Is that an issue? No. But the whole time you're label it. What are you, what's so funny, mate? I was just thinking about how many times you said conducive. Conducive. <laughs> and uh, then I'm flying. But the, the whole face. time you kind of, you see it, yeah, as being something that's like, that's it, you've messed up. Yeah, you're so right. Like you then put so much distance and between like getting, you have that whole like, oh, I've got to get back on track. And that's where you're getting into this start again Monday, start again next week, start again. And then it also turns into like waiting for the perfect journey to start because then ultimately you put things in your way as well. Like, you know, I can't start because I've got, you know, like we said last week, what was it? Uh, Shannon's birthday Friday night. So I can't Shannon. start this week because I've got Girl, Shannon's, Shanna, Shannon's birthday Friday night. Well, you can. It's just that the choices that you make at Shannon's birthday aren't going to be 100% conducive to your goals. Does that matter? No, because the other choices that you make throughout the week, they're going to have more impact in the long run due to majority. Yeah. And like, so let's actually give you like a real um, example for a second here where, so 
as we were just talking about at the beginning, like England had the semi-final yesterday, which we won. And I unexpectedly had a few too many jars. Like, let's just say that I had quite a few jars. And um, I sound so posh saying that, jars. Mm, jars. Um, I had quite a few pints. And um, I could easily, 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 easily be like, well, because I've got a goal in my mind at the moment. Like, I've got a goal of what I'm looking to achieve. I've got a caloric number, like a weekly calorie average that I am looking to achieve. Like, yes, I'm not being super diligent on the fact of like, I must like really... Um, go into a deficit or anything like that. It's just, it's a number for me that suits my goal right now. Mm-hmm. And I could easily, easy, like I went over about 800 calories yesterday, roughly, Ooh, give so. or take. So I could easily be like, I'm off plan now. Like yeah. I've blown it. I'll just start again on Monday, right? Because it's, it's Thursday today. Like I'm pretty much near the end of the week anyway. Might as well start Monday. However, like, here's a really simple thing that I'm doing, which over the course of 10 days is going to put me in exactly the same position, whether I had beers or not. I pretty much at the moment, for most of my breakfasts, have three whole eggs, three egg whites. On a Copy bit of cat, that's what I have. On a bit of tea, on yeah. a bit of toast. Yeah. Um, and all I am doing is having two whole eggs, two egg whites. Because that, like, me taking the whole egg and the egg whites away roughly is about 120 calories. If I just take that away over the next eight days, well, not even that, seven days, then I'm exactly the same caloric position. I've literally just changed one simple thing. But what so many people do is, like, because they're now off plan, well, it typically goes two ways. You're either off plan now, right? Or you punish yourself ridiculously because you think that you've completely, like you don't deserve it and anything like that. And then you start hammering out the gym and all of those things. But I've literally just done one simple thing. Like I haven't changed my steps. I haven't um, massively slashed my calories. I'm eating the same foods. I've literally just reduced one bit of my meal throughout the day that I normally have. And I am now sweet, like fine. Mm-hmm. So if you can like get have that mindset shift of where, you know, you don't fall off plan because you went over your calories by 800 one given day, like it's so easy. Like it's so ridiculously easy for you to stay on track and you don't have to completely change your life for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so point number two for me, and by the way, like we haven't even spoken about these points. I'm kind of, well, we've, we've discussed them, but um, I actually don't know if Ryan agrees with it. I kind of just said, this is it, Ryan. This is what I'm saying. Deal with it. Yeah. And um, so I, he might go against it. But for me personally, this is actually the number one reason why people fail to see long-term success or even success in general. And that is your expectations are all wrong. And the point that I'm using here specifically is you typically start a weight loss journey And again, it all goes back to mainstream media, like everything that we've ever heard before. Like you have a set number that you want to lose, right? So you go into a journey, you're like, I want to lose 40 pounds. And that is in your head, the amount you want to lose. And then again, you go into MyFitnessPal and MyFitnessPal wants to try and tell you how much you can decide you want to lose a week. So you then have this preconceived thought that you should be losing two pounds a week. Because it's my fitness pals told you to eat these amount of calories. You need to, that's what you need to do to lose two pounds a week. Mm-hmm. So you start this journey thinking that you're going to lose two pounds a week. You've worked it out. That's going to take you to X amount of days until you reach your goal. Mm-hmm. But 
there's so many like sliding scale factors here to this that it will never ever happen. Like you will not lose two pounds every single week. Like fact, like you cannot get around that. But now because your expectations are you're losing that two pounds, when it doesn't happen, you revert to doing unsustainable things. And those unsustainable things look like burning yourself out in the gym, slashing your calories even further in a desperate attempt to keep seeing that two pound loss. Yeah. So if you start your journey without having these expectations of how much you should be losing, and it doesn't even come from how much you should be losing. Like it can come from like your fitness and all of these things. But if you change your expectations to actually what is reality, like I honestly, like I'm so passionate about it. Like I think that's the difference between people seeing success and actually staying like mm. long-term with it. Yeah. And the thing is, is it's not, it's not even your fault. Like all your expectations that you've been brought into is because you've probably read it in a magazine, seen it on TV or some charlatan on the internet has given you complete BS. And it's like, you've just fallen victim to believability of that. So therefore your expectations are based upon that based upon you know, it's gonna, you're going to lose two pounds every week. It's going to be really fast. You have to stick to your calories. You have to cut carbohydrates. You need to do cardio every single day. Like all these different things. They are just expectations that you've been led to believe by someone. You've never been taught it. You've never been educated on it. So actually it's not your fault. But what you've got to realize, you've got to drop these expectations and be realistic as to what actually is sustainable weight loss and what is actually ultimately achievable. You know, mm. That's that's where you've got about it. You know, like an expectation last night was that England were going to win. That's a realistic expectation. If you re if you expected Denmark to win, then that's unrealistic, and it's probably why you feel a little bit upset today. But that's okay. <laughs> Great example. Um, because you when you and this comes like this is almost when you think about it, it's almost the most important piece to when you get started with your journey. Because if your goal setting is all wrong because your expectations are completely skewed, like mm -hmm. using the um, New Year's resolution as an example, like if because, again, it's not your fault, we're not here blaming you, but because you've been led to believe that, you know, you do need to be exercising every single day and you do need to be cutting out every single food under the sun. If that doesn't meet your, meet your reality and your reality isn't like your job doesn't allow you to train every single day, your job um, requires you to go and um, <laughs> entertain clients and take them out on dinners and stuff like that. Mm. Well, do you think cutting out every single food and cutting out carbohydrates is going to be the best approach for you? No, it's not. Yeah. That's just an example of you setting your expectations wrong because you then feel like a sense of failure when you're not meeting it. So if you're, if you actually go into the fitness journey and say, well, do you know what? I know Monday to Friday work is crazy. I'm like actually getting to the gym is going to be a challenge. So I'm just going to go to the gym twice a week. Like that's what I'm going to set myself. And ideally I'd like, it's probably going to come from Saturday and Sunday, but even not having set days, but just saying like, I think you do this, don't you? Where you don't, you're not like I'm training Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You're like, I've got three sessions. How I do those three sessions is up to me. If I, have to end up getting those three sessions in uh, one day, but at worst case scenario, then, you know, so be it. Yeah. 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 Obviously when I'm, not. yeah. When I'm, when I'm just like training for life, as it were, I'm like, right, five days a week, I'm going to try and train Monday to Friday and have the weekend off. But I reckon eight times out of 10, I always train at the weekend. 
because something happens. At the moment, it's not. It is very, but that's because I'm dieting, so everything's a lot more structured. So I'm like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. But yeah, when I am going through life, very much like, cool, I've got five sessions. Minimum I'm going to get is three. And how it kind of gets structured across the week is really kind of depending how I am. Like if it needs shuffling, I've got socials. Just move it. It's cool. What, uh, what days do you train now? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So you train six times a week? Five. Push, pull, legs, upper, lower. Okay. My maths is terrible today. <laughs> like we'll, bl- we'll blame the, uh, the Moretti. The hangover. Moretti. Number Moretti. three. Oh, God, no. You're going to give us a fact about Moretti there. Come on. It's Italian, isn't it? <laughs> Might well be. <laughs> I will not be drinking that on Saturday. <laughs> Sunday. I don't want to see no, no pizza. No pasta and no Dolmio. Um, I wouldn't give up pizza. Like, pizza's great. I actually, oh, sorry, Tune, this is a classic here, but um, I'm not really. Uh, no, I am a pizza fan now. I never used to be. Really? No, never. I was like, if you said to me, and, and so it's completely changed. I used to be, when I was younger, I, if you were like, what like, takeaway do you want? I'd be like, Chinese. Now, Chinese is bottom of the list, like right at the bottom. I'm not a fan at all. I like, I like pizzas, but I, uh, like if you're going to get a takeaway, Indian, curry, every day of the week. Lamb, onion bhajis, lamb saguala, coconut rice, peshwari naan, done. But my you know to be fair, order. Yeah, mate, 100%. Um, but I do love the Domino's here and there, but I, they're just so calorie dense that like being realistic on a weight loss journey, trying to fit in two and a half, 2,600 calories, you're going to have to do a lot of manipulating. And for me, I'm like, I can't be bothered. <laughs> I am probably quite a lazy dieter. I'm like, I could do this and I could fit in this cake of chocolate and I could fit in these crisps, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I just can't be asked to fanny around moving my calories. And that, that stops me sometimes from making those decisions. Sometimes I'm fine. Like tomorrow I'm having pizza and ice cream. And I'm jumble, and I've jumbled my day around to fit it in, but jumboleo. Yeah, but to be fair, actually, my other half loves Chinese crispy shredded beef. Uh, yeah, 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 I do like that. To be fair, but uh, it's it's definitely not my number one choice. Um, number three number is three. so. Number three is focusing on the principle rather than the method. Now, what I mean by this is, so when it comes to losing weight, what's the first thing you think? You're like, right, I need to, I need to go on a diet. What diet? What diet do I need to do? Okay, well, should I do Weight Watchers? Should I do Slimming World? Oh, actually, I'm going to cut carbs. I'm going to try keto. Or do I do the Duke and do I go completely protein base 5-2? Like we try and think of all of these diets and we try and find the best diet. But the problem is for any diet, quote unquote, to work, you have to have a principle in place. Hold on, pause there for a second. You know the Duke and diet. <laughs> it always yeah. makes me laugh because isn't a Duke and a type of kebab when it's like a massive wrap enclosed? It's almost like a... Um, uh, Oh, what's those Mexican wraps you get? A burrito. It's almost like a burrito, and I think it's a Turkish version. A dukan. <laughs> That's why every time someone says dukan diet, I'm always like, oh, I'd love a dukan kebab because they're just like burritos. I have to look this up. 
Honestly, I swear, I swear. Dukan kebab. Yeah, Dukan kebabs. For those of you who can see us, you can see us looking at it on uh, YouTube. Oh yeah, a cough, a cough, a uh, yeah, a kebab. She, I'm pretty sure it's just like a a wrap. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe it's without nothing. No, I'm pretty sure it isn't a wrap. I'm pretty sure it isn't a wrap. God, I love wraps. Yeah, um, mate. Like burrito, burritos, so good. Burritos got to be one of my. I, you know, you have those foods or those drinks, whatever it might be, that you just don't have. like. I love burritos. Like the falafel place that we go to in Brighton. Oh, it's just so good. They're so easy to eat because they're just like it's all wrapped up for you. So you ain't got to mess around with a knife and fork. That is literally my life. Like I am that guy that cuts up his food before he eats it so I can put my knife down and just eat with my fork because I hate cutting it up as I go <laughs> it just frustrates the hell out of me um, do you do you like breakfast wraps uh, yeah I would yeah I would I've, I've probably had one once in my life but I don't order maybe I'll maybe I'll get one I just like I, I think why I love wraps so much is pretty much like you said instead of like you know you grab a bit of each thing on your plate and then mm. you eat it. Like it's all, it's literally like every mouthful you have in a wrap is everything. Is, is everything. Oh yes. That's what we like. Salivating. Mm. Uh, yes. Yeah, so anyway, focusing on the principle of method. So the principle of fat loss is a calorie deficit. So for any of those methods that we just spoken about to work, there has to be a calorie deficit involved. So instead of thinking right, what diet is going to be the best diet for me to do now? And try all these different diets, try this, try that, hoping that one's going to work. Why don't you simply be like, right, well, I know the principle of fat loss is a calorie deficit. So once I have established what my calorie deficit is, I can then simply choose a method that suits me, my lifestyle and my personal preference. So for all of you that have tried it previously and been like, right, okay, the method I'm going to try this time is I'm cutting carbs. Well. Now you know that there's a for any diet to work, there has to be a calorie deficit. You don't have to do all of these demotivating actions of cutting carbs and stuff. Because if you're in a calorie deficit, you'll lose body fat anyway. So this is the beauty of it. If you focus on the principle solely and then choose the method after that you will best like enjoy, adhere yeah. yeah, adhere to, then you are going to get some insane results. Yeah, that's, 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 that's it in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. It is just understanding that, like, don't focus on chasing this method. It's like you just want to create the calorie deficit, which is basically just consuming less food than you are now. And the best way that you're going to be able to do that is ultimately by finding what fits you, your, your lifestyle, your personal preference, things like that. Most diets in and of themselves, you know, whether it's keto, whether it's Weight Watchers, whether it's Dukan, are not suited to you. So, you know, most of our diets are probably little bits of these things added up together. Do you know what I mean? Like if you took all of the kind of like bits of the methods as it were, and that's what you've got to realize that like there is no one size fits all, you know, just think about how you go about your nutrition, when you get most hungry in the day, what kind of foods you most like, how can you now reduce the amount of said foods, i.e. calories to create that deficit? What's going to work best for you? Yeah. Bang on. Bang on. So my faith leading into the uh, fourth point now is it's probably one of my uh, favorite sayings to my clients. So if any of my clients are listening here, you'll know exactly what I mean by this. So your 
not paying attention to your physiological feedback. Now, you can get results without paying attention to your physiological feedback. Like you insert a calorie deficit and you will get fat loss results. However, if you don't focus on your physiological response, I'd argue that you're going to struggle to see longer term fat loss results. Mm -hmm. So by solely focusing on only like how many calories you burn and how many calories you consume, yes, you can get results, but I don't know what the longevity of that is. And I couldn't say that, but what you need to understand, and this is the saying that I always say, the physical follows the physiological. So what I mean by that is if you, uh, your sleep is awful, your sleep's completely impaired. Well, we know what typically happens there is the two main hormones that are affected is your hunger and satiety hormone. So when your sleep is impaired, your hunger hormone is getting increased, right? So now your hunger hormone is increased. Now, do you think it's going to be easier or harder to stick to your calories? Mm. Well, of course, it's going to be much, much harder. So adhering to your calories is now going to be much, much harder. Whereas if you're, if you're paying attention to your sleep and you're making sure you're doing everything within your power to make your sleep as good as you can, like all of the, the, like the, the key things like making sure your rooms are a good temperature, um, blackout blinds, like all of these things, like keeping away from blue lights at a certain time, then that is going to contribute to keeping your hunger lower. That's going to then contribute for you adhering to your calories more, mm. if that makes sense. And then if you flip it on the side as well, like if your sleep is impaired, more, more than likely you're going to have... Um, worse energy the next day if you're really really tired you're likely going to feel um not feel as energetic which means you're then not going to move around more which then in turns you're probably not going to move as more and burn as many calories mm -hmm. so that's what i mean by the physical follows the physiological if your physio yeah. if your physiological feedback we call it your bio if your bio feedback is awful the chances are your physical is going to be awful as well yeah Sam Miller has a really good analogy for it. Um, do you know Sam Miller Science? You probably no. Oh, so he has a really good, he calls it your shreds. Your shreds. Yeah, your shreds, which is your stress, your hunger, your recovery, your energy, your digestion, and your sleep. And it's like those six biofeedback, your shreds, is what you want to be. It's quite cool because it's like what we look at anyway, but it's, they're the things that you want to look for feedback weekly to know and understand how your nutrition is affecting you. Because ultimately, those things will indirectly have an impact on your weight loss results. Yes, the calorie deficit is going to be there, but those things, you know, your stress, your sleep, your energy, your recovery, they have an impact on the calories in and the calories outside of the equation. Mm. And uh, I'm going to just Put, what I should have done really for each one is made a case study for it. But the case study for this point was, uh, this is going back a while ago now. I had a client um, start up in the academy and she said that she was like, so this is the cycle that always happens. Like I lose weight and then I regain it all. I lose weight, I regain it all. I have no issue losing weight, but it's keeping it off that's the issue. Mm -hmm. She was like, I know, I know, I know. Like I just... I lose motivation. I don't have it bad enough. So I was like, right, okay, let's, let's have a look into this thing. So we've got like this extensive tracking sheet that our clients use that gives us all of this like shreds data that Ryan was talking about, like the um, biofeedback. 
And I was noticing that her sleep was awful. And I could, like, as I knew, typically the first few days, like people lose a lot of weight, motivation's high, like a lot of water retention gets released when you start paying attention to your calories, like all of these things. So I knew this was typically gonna happen anyway, but I was like, right, okay, let's see what her feedback's doing. And she was like, I've never ever filled this out before. So like, I, it's, it's new to me. So her sleep was always really, really low. And I said, I was like, oh, do you not sleep so well? Like, what's that? And she was like, oh no. She was like, I've, I've never really slept so well. And it was literally really obvious things. Like she'd stay awake f- for no reason whatsoever until like 11 o'clock watching TV. Mm-hmm. She'd then go into her room and she'd sit on her phone for half an hour, um, like literally staring at Facebook or Instagram, whatever it was. I think it was actually TikToks. So that's where she found us. So I was like, you should keep doing that. Um, <laughs> No, so she she was basically staring at her phone. So I said, look, let's just do these simple things to see if it can help you with your sleep. Mm-hmm. And of course, it it helped. Her sleep improved. Um, I won't go into the full depth of the story, but essentially the outcome was what happened is her sleep was improved. She felt more energetic through the day, which meant her steps went up and she um, actually wasn't as hungry through the day. So she didn't feel like she needed to snack and stuff. Nice. So whereas before she was relying on so much, or she thought she had to rely on motivation to always get her over the line. And then eventually, because we know motivation, it's cyclical, it comes and goes. When it went, well, she was again falling into point number one, she was off plan. But what we actually identified was, okay, well, if we can just improve your sleep, like I haven't even touched her calories at all. I haven't done anything apart from give her some a few pointers on how to improve her sleep. And now all of a sudden, she's not as hungry. She can adhere to her plan far, far easier. Mm. She's getting consistent results. So this is like an, an example of like the power of just focusing on what your um, physiology is doing, what your biofeedback's doing, and then putting action steps in place to overcome anything that isn't moving in your favor. Yeah, man. Hook, line, sinker. You did it all. Pow. Uh, so the last point, um, we actually did a whole coaching call on this, didn't we? Um, and it's about learning from your mistakes. Mm. So typically what I mean by this to start off with is we we see failure as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So we think that we didn't stick to our calories, we failed. And then what we'll do is we'll start again Monday and we just keep repeating that cycle. We keep falling over the same thing over and over again. But the problem that I'm seeing here is that you're just not learning from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. So do you want to touch up a little bit what I mean by that? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of goes back to this like fixed and growth mindset. And it's that like everything in life, whether it comes to weight loss, sports, careers, family, we're going to make failures. You know, we're going to do things wrong when it comes to being a parent. We're going to do things wrong when it comes to our weight loss journey. We're going to do things wrong when we're playing, uh, you know, in a tennis tournament, whatever it might be, these things are going to happen. And the thing is, is that when they happen, you've got two options. You either just take it, accept that it happened and then just carry on like normal or you go for the growth side of things and you think, okay, cool, that happened, but why did it happen? You start to question things. And the reason that that's super important is because it therefore gives a vote of confidence for you not to do it again. You know, because the problem is, is if you don't actually look to learn from the mistake and the failure that you made in the first place, you're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. You know, if if a kid touches, um, you know, a hot stove and they're like, ow, and then they don't have, you know, the mum like, oh, you shouldn't touch that because you're always going to burn yourself. 
that's getting feedback from the mistake that they made. If they touched it and they didn't think anything of it, you keep doing it again and again and again. And this is where you've got to understand it's the same as weight loss. You know, when you go over your calories, when you have a, uh, you know, a overconsumption episode, for example, it's like, right, why did that happen? You know, what was the trigger? Oh, it was stress. And when I'm stressed, I tend to lean towards chocolate and it's usually dairy milk, which I have in my fridge. Okay, cool. So now you've identified the mistake. You identified why it happened, what happened. So now you've got an opportunity once you brought about the awareness to then also then implement something that's going to help you overcome it. And I think this kind of twists into something which I was um, reading in a book the other day uh, about this whole failure. And it's like, failure is an action. We, we failed at something. Yeah, it's just an action that we took. The problem is that we shift this from an action into an identity. I am a failure. Well, it's not. You just had an action that was a mistake. You're not a mistaker or a failure. It's just like you are someone that had that, that made an action that wasn't successful at that moment of time. As long as you take that action and you take that situation and you look at it from a very logical stance as to, okay, this happened. Why did that happen? How can we improve it? Because that's what I was always taught at uni when we were looking at becoming teachers and coaches was you have to observe, you have to understand why it didn't work and then ultimately come up with a solution to the problem. Because otherwise, if you don't know what one plus one is two is and no one ever teaches you, you know, how to actually do the correct maths to do it, you're going to always keep getting it wrong. You're going to keep doing the same mistake over and over again, which is why ultimately you'd get, you know, oh, well, I do really well for two weeks and then my motivation goes and I usually mess up and eat chocolate. And it's like, well, that could be avoided if you just understood the triggers, why it happened, what happened and how you could overcome it. The thing is, is that it's not that that's your identity of someone who can only diet for two weeks. It's just that you are not learning from your mistakes. You are not choosing to actually identify what it is that's happening in that moment and how you can avoid that happening next time. You're just taking it on the chin and being like, ah, it's cool. Hopefully that won't happen next time. Luck and hope doesn't really get you there. You need to have good actionable steps that allow you to overcome whatever it is that you're struggling with. Yeah, I love that. I love the, um, the luck and hope won't get you there because that's essentially what we did. Like, so many people do, right? Mm. That's what they're relying on. What's the, uh, what was the book? Uh, Mindset. Who, who's it by? Dr. Carol S. Dweck. It's really good. It's about that's, like well, fixed mindset and growth mindset. That, yeah, that's the fixed and growth, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's really um, good. Really interesting. I, I audioed that, but so what I used to, what I used to do was because I got into a really lazy habit and you know, on audiobook you can buy like summaries basically. Yes. Yeah. There's a few they apps ju- that do that for you. Yeah. They basically just break it down. So I was buying it, but then that, what, that, what the, they're cool. And you get like, the thing is you get very surface level information. Mm-hmm. So what, what they should explain, like what, a, um, what a growth mindset is and what a fixed mindset is but doesn't go into depth of like actually yeah. each point. So I'm like, oh, a growth mindset is this. And then someone asked me a bit more about it. I'm like, I actually don't know. Yeah. 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 I, know I, I don't know any further. So yeah. I, I then started really getting the full package. It's really, and- really interesting. Like the way that like, I said this to one of our clients I did the other day and I was like, do you believe, and this goes to everyone that's listened to this. Do you believe that people are just born smart and some people are born not smart? Or do you believe that someone who isn't smart can become smart through learning? And most people will be like, well, yeah, there's just smarter people. Some people are smarter, some people are not. And it's like, well, actually, no, like we go through the same things. It's just some people chose to 
when they failed, not give up and keep trying to absorb. Do you see what I mean? And keep trying to get better at something. It's like Michael Jordan didn't come out of his mum's womb dribbling. Like he even says in one of his thing, he was just like, I wasn't the best basketball player. And so many people you see, they weren't the top of their class. They Mm. weren't an A-star student. Like they were never that good at these things. They just had the relentless thing of like, okay, cool. We just need to practice. Um, And it's pushing yourself. And they do that a lot with athletes. Like when I was younger and I played um, for Sussex and I wanted to play, have those trials for England, they made me at the age of, I think it was eight years old. I was playing in under 16 tournaments against 15 year olds. They were twice the size of me. They were twice as powerful. But the whole reason that the coaches would do that is so that I could learn from my mistakes and understand that actually losing is okay. And how can I better myself? It was all about me having to try and read it. And the whole point was like, right, it wasn't me to try and win the tournament or win the game. It was for me to try and play against someone who's better than me, identify what was good about their game. Like what, what did they beat me? You know, what were their what was their best movement that beat me? You know, was it they had a powerful smash? Was it they were very accurate with their serving? But then also looking at um, what mistakes was I making to then, because obviously, you know, you play something that's better than you, you make a mistake, they punish you. So then it was just a massive learning curve. And that's the difference, you know, some people will go into that situation and they would absolutely hate it. They would be like, why would I go do that? Like, why would I go play? But it's ultimately when they say, surround yourself with people that are better than you because that way you will learn, you know? And that's Mm. why I think coaching and like places like our academy and programs are great because you are surrounded by people that are ahead of you that have gone through what you've done, i.e. myself and Hayden, but all the other clients like in our community, for example, who then you can learn from, you know, you Mm. can see them, they've made the mistakes, they have the answers for you. And I think that's so important. We get very much stuck in this, this same place mentality and it's like, well, actually what you've got to realize is it's important to make mistakes. Um, and they were doing like studies on kids and it's like, they gave kids these puzzles. So um, they first off gave them easy puzzles and they got harder and harder and harder. The kids with a fixed mindset were like, yeah, they left it there. And they were like, oh, these ones are too hard. I don't want to do it. The kids with a growth mindset loved the struggle. They were asking where they got it from so they could get their parents to buy it. They were taking the puzzle home because it was so taxing and they couldn't do it. They literally were like, I'm not going to give up till I've done it. Like they enjoyed the struggle. They enjoyed that they were putting pieces in the wrong place and having to move them because they got like a rush from that. And they knew that like, it's okay because when I complete this, I've become a better puzzle player. And that was kids. Like they knew that if they completed it and they stuck with it, they were going to be better by the end of it. Whereas the other half of the kids were like, now I'm just no good at puzzles. I just can't do it. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with you. And I, I, it wasn't even that long ago, to be fair. Well, I had that exact same like um, mindset shift that I don't know. It really struck home for once. So i I look up to a I look up to this this entrepreneur called Taylor, and he like I love his story. Like he literally pretty much started out in what are they called are they called pastors pastors that are the like priests, priests like, yeah. 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 So he was one of those in 2015 and just basically decide like, it's not him. It's not his life. He doesn't want to do that. And Mm -hmm. basically just like never done online marketing, any online business or anything like that. And just like, basically how I see it is like the, like the pain of staying the same, like it, it was just, or the, the pain outweighed the pleasure. So the pleasure, he, he said it, like he had an amazing life. It's like, it was very chilled, like relaxed and stuff like that, like around a good community, but it wasn't like there was no 
drive to go to the next level and stuff like all of these things that he did have. And eventually like that comfort of having that comfy life and stuff, like the pain of it outweighed the pleasure of living it. Mm. So he like took action, like read an amount of books, but like now has eight, uh, has three eight figure business businesses, like is mm, insanely cool. like successful and like teaches people from all around the world and all of these things anyway. But I was like, you, you are no different. He was no different to anyone else. Like, and then you think about it, like Elon Musk is no different to anyone else. Mm-hmm. We're exposed to exactly the same information. Yeah. It's just how we digest it and absorb it mm-hmm. is the difference between someone being successful or not. Like yeah. I remember like actually like talking about like our business and stuff when we really, really wanted to go online and we both like done the personal training world. We didn't want it. Like, I say to everyone that asks like kind of like, how do you start an online uh, like fitness business stuff? I'm like the best thing I ever did. And it's, I'm not sitting here saying it's necessarily the best tactic for you, but, and this could be on any journey you ever have, whether it be health and fitness, like your job or anything is like going all in on yourself and in on that. It was the best thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't have the finances to do it. Like I didn't have the finances to join the course, to learn how to like get into like, uh, have an online business and stuff like that. But the the pain outweighed the pleasure. And it was now when I had to then take action. And now we've created a business where we are fortunate enough to be working online and, you know, um, have an amazing community around us and stuff like that. But I would have never been able to do that if I'd only dabbled in it. And I just like did this, like I, I tried it for a month and nothing happened. And the same happens with your fitness. Like, if you've been spinning your wheels for like years and years and years, like you're literally been dieting for like 30 years or something or however long it's been like you, you just like, and it's, it's that painful. Like you, you pay for speed and implementation to get you to where you want to get to. Like Ryan said, you pay for experience of people that have been there in the trenches or a community have been in the trenches there with you and can actually guide you to the destination where you want to get to. It's, it is all about, like every single one of us, like I, I do slightly believe that, you know, with, um, what's it called? Like your, everyone's got a different level of like, um, let's say, what's the word? Um, Zavna Mary. Oh, it's really annoying me. I'm trying to think of, Say, let's just say concentration. So everyone's got, so you and I have very different concentration levels. Mm. And say, for example, like that could be the catalyst for me being more successful than Ryan in a certain area because of his concentration. But then Ryan might have another element in his, like, let's say Ryan is so strongly determined, whereas I give up easily. I jump from thing to thing. I do shiny, shiny objects. Like that trait would see Ryan through further than it would me. But it's like, it doesn't mean that I can't change it. It doesn't mean that Ryan can't get better at concentrating more. It's how you, um, where you see your faults. Yeah. And then you like push forward with it. But it is, it is crazy when you do think like everyone has exactly the same exposure Mm -hmm. and we can all do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so true. And and we always say it's like, it's within your power. Like I was, I mean, you said it wasn't me. It was like maths. I always gave myself the identity that I was bad at maths. Um, and then I failed maths, got a U and then come back. And the new teacher that I had was just like, you're a smart kid. There was no reason that you should be any good at maths. And I did after school clubs and eventually redid the test and got a B. 
I went from a U to a B. And he mm. was just like, that proves it. Like, it wasn't that I was bad at maths. It's just that I would led to believe that I wasn't. I then gave myself that identity. I didn't learn from the mistakes. I just chose to ignore it because I was a young kid. But I then wasn't someone that's bad at maths when I actually put my mind to it. And I actually put in the effort and I stayed after school twice a week and actually put in some effort to learn it. I then become okay at maths. So it's like you do have the power to an extent to change who you are and, and what you do and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was slightly off topic, but it was a uh, very salient points that yeah. you were you were saying mm-hmm. there. So well, we actually have uh, a community of uh beautiful ladies to educate mm. on fitness. Yeah. So we are going to have to love you and leave you. Hope you enjoyed our five points. If any of them kind of like really hit home for you, let us know. Um, if you want us to help you out implement it a bit, also let us know and we'll, we'll um, do that. Yeah, team. We'll have a lovely Monday. Enjoy yourselves and we'll see you in the next episode. Ciao. Ciao. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>